red five. I'm going in. <laughs> Welcome back, Star Wars fans, to Trench Run Report. This is uh, covering Episode 3 of The Bad Batch, Season 2. We just got finished watching it. I'm here with uh, Justin and Aaron, covering um, our likes and dislikes of the episode. Um, and again, it was Episode 3. It covered just a story with Crosshair and meeting Cody for a mission. Cody was the commander of a mission, kind of a search and rescue, as it were. Um, but they both kind of face a big choice and a big like moral decision. And... Um, kind of sets the tone, I guess, for the rest of the season and these two characters' journey on the rest of the season, so I'm excited to see where it goes, but that's like the high-level overview of the episode, the hot take, but Justin, what did, what did you like and or dislike about it, if anything? Ooh, if anything, if, to dislike, I really can't find anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, now that I really, 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 really think about it, I can't think of any thing to not like maybe okay if i really had to nitpick might be that it the pacing was really quick as far as the whole (laughs) it just was too over yeah (laughs) yeah uh but other than that uh what i loved about it um uh just that that world just looked so different than what we've seen Mm mm-hmm um, what yeah, was the name it, of the word? Desix? Desix. 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 Yeah. Barracks. <laughs> um, like the red sky, the, uh, um, like the, um, plantation mm-hmm. there. And like, yeah, like everything. terrorist farming. Yeah. But like on a red, like a Mars kind of planet or Mercury or something. Yeah, that was cool. And like ju- just like the overall, um, it it kind of like I loved how the first couple minutes just made the empire like made the empire look a bit weak in a in a way right to where like they actually did require help. They came um, with like eight guys <laughs> and a yeah. junior officer, yeah. <laughs> and it just like became a hostage situation like so quickly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, I, and oh, the fact that they brought Cody back, um, I know that we've got that in the trailer, uh, back when Aaron and I went to, uh, went to Star Wars Celebration, uh, that was like a big crowd pleaser, and, uh, mm-hmm. could you, could you tell it was him, like, without them seeing Cody, or like, they said, you heard you hear you heard Crosshair say Commander Cody. Okay, yeah. Before like, seeing, otherwise him. they all look the same. <laughs> so, yeah. like they, I think like even the screen went dark. And all you just heard was Cody. just like Commander Cody. Yeah. And then like you just hear the audience like, yay, like, yeah, cheer and roar. And, <laughs> yeah. So, but um, his armor uh, redesign was pretty cool. That's I mean, cool. I, I loved how it just like. Uh, and like I grow, growing up, I loved Commander Cody's orange uh, armor because, well, my favorite color was orange, 
and plus he was uh, the clone that was assigned to Obi Wan Kenobi. I mean, like what not to? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. What like was that, about, like, um, unit? What was the name of the unit, or the, uh, the, the number? Do you remember? Like, his number? or, no, like the, or Oh, the battalion? Yeah, the battalion number. Uh, the, the 200 and... 21st, uh, 20, right? 221st? Uh, I feel like it's... 212. 212, two, two, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can have that color scheme in Battlefront mm-hmm. 2 on the clones. Yeah. Yep, I got that on my heavy. <laughs> yep. So. Um, and it kind of just, like, shows, like, the transition from, like, the Republic to the Empire and how it, like, just strips, like, their individuality even more so. And uh, I, I loved the somewhat relatable dynamic between Crosshair and uh, Cody, but at the same time you could tell like right from the get-go there was something going on with Cody where there might have been some regret yeah, or um, kind of kind of remorse, but not so to make him quit right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole thing on uh, Dan X where they uh, were where they do fly in and they get overtaken pretty quickly. Yeah, which like, was, I wonder what the plan was. Like, well, he did. They did give them permission to land. To land though. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's so like, yeah, because they were supposed to come in as like diplomatic cover. Yeah, but they're like mm-hmm. they called the bluff and yeah, shot them down. And the the thing with the tank was amazing. <laughs> um, anything. Uh, where crosshairs in action and like just steals the show right away um and plus I think Aaron even mentioned like while viewing it like the uh, uh the battle droids kind of feel more intimidating than they did in the Clone Wars and I was like oh yeah because of that tactical droid a little oh, bit <laughs> which I I really want to look up who did that voice for the tactical droid because that was a female voice and I feel like I've heard it before yeah did something but, here somehow um yeah that, that I'll probably have to do like right after right after we record <laughs> and uh uh yeah um and it's kind of interesting like uh think like feel like there was a part of like crosshair that kind of missed that camaraderie that yeah um because kind of set that up with him yeah alone in his bunk and like uh, yeah he got, was like rejected socially he was the solitary clone right he doesn't really fit in with them because he's a he's a he's a bad batch and like but he doesn't fit in with the imperials because they don't like clones so it's like he's kind mm-hmm. of on his own but he's made his choices which that sunk in obviously like cody's like resolute stance about we're different than the droids because we make our own decisions and choices and have to live with them and I think that really is sticking with Crosshair and now that he knows Cody went AWOL yeah I wonder like is that setting Crosshair in any kind of path to reconsider his choices right Mm -hmm. even that that monumental one to like shoot the hostage right or follow orders right he followed the orders which Cody was able to defy direct order 
Mm-hmm. Because like, it's interesting, what I liked about this is, like, in Revenge of the Sith, Cody only, like, orders the cannon to shoot, like, at the creature. And, like, I don't know, like, they have enough wiggle room there where it's, like, it's not like Cody drew on him and shot him point, or, like, tried to shoot him point blank. Like, was Cody's, like, Order 66, like, kind of weak and, like, only strong enough that he could order the cannon to go, but he couldn't have done, like, a face-to-face thing. Like, his mm-hmm. chip would have, like, been inhibited enough, right? It's, like, maybe his chip is a little bit defective, like, the guy last season, right? He, he was, his chip was defective, right? And he was able to, like, resist and, and revolt. So, like, not all these clones um, are at 100% on their, on their chip, you know? Mm-hmm. But, I mean... Yeah, Crosshair followed orders even without a chip. <laughs> so yeah. he, like, he made that decision. Then again, again, he might have that pebble in his shoe from Cody. Like, oh, like, he's right. I don't know if I can live with that choice I made. And I want to keep doing this. And it's clear that Rampart doesn't like him or clones. So it's like, how long am I just going to get, like, abused by this boss who doesn't... He's just going to dispose of me someday, you know? Mm-hmm. He doesn't really care. Because he said Cody, and he's like, who? And he gave his number. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. And it's like, this guy doesn't know or care about us at all, right? Like, there was so much being said there without being said. That I thought was really clever and well-written. It was written by Dave Filoni, right? I think he wrote all these, or this one at least. Um, Just directed by him. Yeah, I'd have to double-check that, but... But it's like... Yeah. Yeah, just really good. <clears throat> Really good character development for Crosshair. And instead, he'd been waiting like 32 rotations, which I guess means 32 yeah, days month, on month, that platform. Well, I, think, I think the idea, the point there was kind of to like, like that and everything else in the episode was to kind of point out like, like uh, I think they're really setting him up to just really increasingly realize that his loyalty and his willingness to do whatever they ask and they don't he's right. utterly expendable to them yeah it's not reciprocated mm-hmm. or yeah and he yeah, even he's... seems to end up like every clone that's around you defects like is it you you know like there's right and even even though no like <laughs> right <laughs> but like i feel like they're just setting him up to be really like at some point potentially on the other end of the Empire's right. barrel. Because they'll have a project. They're, they're setting him up as a fall guy, right? Because it's like, whatever they can call this loyalty, they'll be like, well, there's a pattern of clones going rogue and clones around you going rogue. So, like, we're just gonna, if you ever mess up, we're going to say you were disloyal and you're out of there. Yeah. So he either has to, like, go <coughs> full dark side <coughs> to keep up, like... To keep up their appearances or keep up with their... Or maybe maybe or he's going to win them over. Or win them over, I guess. Maybe he's just going to be so loyal and so badass and so willing to do just any despicable thing that they're going to be like, yeah, this guy... This guy's imperial through and through. Dude, we still think they're going to turn him into Dengar? <laughs> Remember that theory for a second when he got like his head wrapped? Or like, oh my gosh. Are they like, oh, right, or be the, the, he's the initiator of the dark death troopers? That would be interesting if he's like the template for the dark trooper for the death troopers with like the modifications and undisclosed medical surgical enhancements or whatever. Oh yeah, <laughs> like mm-hmm. that'd be an interesting. But we've we haven't seen death troopers in this. We saw them in Andor. Yeah. So like, and obviously we saw them at the beginning of Rogue One. So 
that's like what 14 BBY or something. So they're yeah they're not far off from this timeline. The Death Troopers. I'm just trying to remember how far uh, the beginning of Rogue One and when that takes place, like like BBY, uh, like what date that was. I feel like it was 14 years before. It would definitely be enough time for this to be an origin story for the Death Troopers, I think. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because <clears throat> they exist by that point, and when Jin's like 9 or something, or 7. 7 plus 14 is 21, that's about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> She's about 21-ish, maybe a little older. Yeah. But yeah, that, those are over, overall my likes. Uh, Aaron, what about you? Oof. Well, I mean, there wasn't really much to dislike. I don't know that I have a... a, a, a one thing I like about recording right after we watch is that you get a fresh reaction. Yeah. So my, my, my first... like When we watched the first two episodes, I definitely had some concerns. <laughs> that I, and I, there were things about it that I didn't like. Um, but this, I, by the end, the only thing I th- could think was... That it was too short, yeah, <laughs> and that it felt too short, and that it, it really, yeah, it just was too short. Um, I think what I I loved about this, what I think worked the best, which is what I also think worked the best in season one, was when they're telling the story of any of the Bad Batch, including Crosshair, against the backdrop of the. Yeah. The bigger things that are going on. Yeah. And this episode did that like almost perfectly. Yeah. Like like the scenes of him alone in his barracks, the scenes of him in the cafeteria, you know, being shunned, the scenes of him, you know, talking to Cody at that memorial. Like that's some cool world building. Yeah. And like lore building, like where you create this, you know, like there's already the propaganda and the monuments, the narrative, right? Like that, that, you know, reinforces the imperial version of history, right? which is that the clones were the heroes, the clones, you know, saved, purged us from the Jedi. Yeah. And the, and the, you know, in memorial to all the soldiers who fell, you know, to bring imperial peace. And yet here we see, you know, on this mm-hmm. planet that, that there's nothing nothing true to that at all and like there's the throughput from Kenobi with like the clone who's like hey spare some credits like they mm. really don't that proves they don't care because like they end just like the Vietnam War like oh the heroes and it's like well then right. they let them all in right. the 80s turn into like crackheads and like homeless guys right so it's like they really didn't do the work well, that's the, once they that's, came yeah. home, that's, that's what I think this yeah. this is like it's the tragedy of, it. of yeah. you know you're a soldier and your identity and your loyalty is wrapped up in this situation and then you realize that it's it's not you know it's not reciprocal yep um <clears throat> i thought that the gosh the animation was just yeah. incredible at every moment of the show um i really liked i like that they brought back the the you know the battle droids and a lot of the separatist stuff and it, it came came off realistic mm-hmm. and they, they didn't go too ham with the mm-hmm. goofy <laughs> corny <shot>. roger roger <laughs> yeah. you know corny lines from the troop from the <laughs> yeah, yeah. From the battle droids um 
I've been shot. <laughs> I, I loved I loved everything on Coruscant. Mm-hmm. Was excellent. Yeah. Um, the music was mm-hmm. incredible. Um, that battle sequence in, in that tight spiral yeah. staircase cool. that was that was unique and cool. Like very seen cool. Anything like that really? Yeah. And he's used those like mirrors before, but like. We haven't fought in, like, a castle spire before. That was very cool. Like, everything about that yeah. planet and the way that they just, you know, systematically went up that stairway to get to that room and how efficient Crosshair was. Crosshair is really fun to watch in action, probably more so than any anybody else. Um, I thought that the highlight was that scene when they were in the room you know, when they had rescued the Imperial governor and, and then you, you know, you got that, you know, you could just, the, the whole time that Cody's giving his little speech, yeah. I'm just like, oh, oh you sweet summer child. You are so <laughs> young and yeah. naive. Uh-huh. Commander Cody is so young and naive. Dealing with him will not be difficult. <laughs> um, he, he was really, you know, it's like he's saying that and I'm just like. Yeah, he don't get it. Like he, I was surprised that Cody wasn't like immediately detained or like put in the brig for disobeying, especially because he was in charge of the mission. Uh huh. Like I'm surprised that they just kind of like shared like a, like him and the officer were kind of like shared like a stink eye. And it's like I feel like that officer would have like. Well, I think I think the implication had, was that perhaps as long as that the before they could do anything to him, he bailed. Oh, like he was able to get on the shuttle. He went AWOL, With, like, yeah. probably as soon as they got there. But I, I like that, just, yeah, just that whole, like, it, it, it's the, it's appropriate, it was very appropriate to, like, show, like, you know, the Empire's true colors, right? Like, you had the, you had the, the stuff on Coruscant, which is all the capital city propaganda BS, but then the reality is, is they're out, they're out there in their in their colonial, yeah. the reaches of the colonial reach, you know, and they're and they're they're just terrible, right? Like, right. And that was very clear. Um, Crosshair shooting her was very, you know, one of those kind of gasping moments. You're just mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, shit. He's taking, he's making a choice. Yeah, and I think that... And I forgot for a second, I'm like, he doesn't even have his chip in. Like, that was his yeah. full decision. Well, and he's he's really becoming, like, you know, he's like this... It's like... He's terrible. He's committing war crimes. But you also feel some sympathy because you can tell that, like, the way that he's sitting alone, the way yeah. that Rampart talks to him, like, yep. you can tell, like, that there's no... Like, he's only, his relationship with the Rampart, which is his relationship with the Empire, it's very conditional, mm-hmm. and he doesn't care about him at all. Um, and I think it's really interesting that they're developing those things about Crosshair at the same time. Like, he's doing terrible things <laughs> of his own free will, and you kind of feel bad for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because if he had, like, a champion or a mentor or whatever like an evil mentor <laughs> and it's like oh no crosshair is like falling under the wing of this evil guy who's making him do all these things that he might not otherwise do it's like in this case like rampart isn't rampart has dis- disdain for him and it's like almost like that that is pushing crosshair to be more and more evil is like 
he's desperately trying to prove his value to the Empire. He's he's and naive in his own way. He's trying to like validate his own yeah. loyalty decision of like I need to make my choice worthwhile, so I'm going to go 100 percent into it and like make all these horrible decisions to like validate my choices. Oh, he's system. he's basically like his mantra is that. I'm a soldier. Soldiers yeah. follow orders. Soldiers yeah. do what have to be done. It doesn't really matter mm-hmm. who the who's giving the orders or how you know. worthy of respect they are. Or like yeah, like how, it's just yeah. But we obviously saw Rampart is. shoot that other clone last week. So like, yeah, this guy has no love for clones, and like, will easily, especially if it gets in his way. Like if yeah, like it's, it's going to hit where Rampart and Crosshair are going to have a similar cross point of like the status of the Bad Batch being alive is going to be a major conflict point with Rampart and him because we don't know for sure if Rampart knows Crosshair knows they're alive. Like, it's very circumstantial that they were at the same place at the same time that they survived that bombardment of Camaro. Right. But, like, I don't think Rampart has, like, proof yet that that he know that Crosshair knows and, like, lied about the fact that he, like, was with them and, they, and like, let them go and he stayed and was not that... Like, I think once he finds that out or is able to prove that, that's going to be the end of it for Crosshair. And hopefully he'll, like, see it coming and, like, maybe bail on time or something. But I feel like there's a conflict coming with that. Like, that's, like, an inevitable train wreck happening, which is well, kind of fun to think about. It's also that um, that uh, one uh, elite cl- uh, clone trooper, the, the, the oh, well, yeah. basically the non-clone. She saw, yeah. yeah, she saw everything. Down, she yeah. saw whatever happened to her. Yeah. She saw Crosshair with a bad batch. Yeah. And he chose, like, he used yeah. the mirror thing and, like, he portrayed... Well, I guess she was down there. She yeah, she, looked, she, she didn't see the betrayal, yeah. but... Um, yeah, there's there's still that factor. Um, yeah, I, I think this episode was really a perfect example of... Um, like... Character development, like, taking the time to, like really focus on one character and like establish some things um which I feel like the first two episodes were trying to do that with too many characters at the same time Mm -hmm. and the Bad Batch didn't and the Bad Batch I don't feel like they made any progress no character wise other than maybe a little bit like oh Tech and Echo but like Hunter Echo and Omega made some progress relationally oh yeah but, but it was, but it was still like at the end of the day, like their status and their going back to Sid for another job, yeah. And like they're not like there was not really any significant like, yeah. Like it didn't right. make me stop and think too much about what they were, maybe becoming or whatever. Yeah, they were just doing hints of like, <clears throat> we should join the wider fight. No, we shouldn't. Like, what are we gonna do? I just thought like, I, I thought this this episode just <laughs> the animation, the music, yeah, the way that some of the scenes came across just worked really well. It was like that Blade Runner music that they yeah, use sometimes yeah 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 and whenever crosshair does something like some of that that crosshair yeah. music i think he has his, his own theme right which is very like ominous mm-hmm. um and yeah and like that's some like people you know the debate rages on about animation that was not for kids <laughs> i mean it was right. i guess but yeah. like was, not really right <laughs> it, it was it was dark enough to go ooh, but not too violent enough to go okay. Nope, 
no kids. Well, it's it's classic right. off camera yeah. heinous yeah. acts, right? Right. <laughs> or even like, well, slightly off camera, right? But like the whole concept of like the the I think that the way like the 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 whole crosshair story arc in this episode, like, can be. It can be absorbed by, by younger audiences on a surface level, mm-hmm. but there's definitely more going on there than most kids would pick up on. Yep. And it is pretty dark. Yep. I mean, he's a, he's a murderer. He murdered that woman. Like, <laughs> so, Not but, in the eyes of the Emperor. But in true Star Wars <laughs> fashion, right, we get the voice of justice, right? Com- Cody is the... Yeah. Reminds us that that you know there's a, there's morals in the universe. And That's what I like about Star Wars is like you never, you never. There's always the true north that comes through somehow. Like there is a right and wrong. <laughs> yeah. That comes through. It's never like super gray in a sense. Like it is fun when they kind of flirt with that a little bit. Yeah. Like toy with it, but like at the end of the day, like you know who the good guys are and who the bad guys are, or like what the right thing ultimately is to do, even if it's hard to do it. What do you What do you guys think? Like generally, like my question is about because like in in, if you just watch the movies and I'm thinking mostly of the prequels and specifically Revenge of the Sith Mm -hmm. like Order 66 goes off pretty much without a hitch right everybody obeys everybody follows those orders um unequivocally the Jedi are largely just wiped out in a in a matter of really minutes, mm-hmm. um, and I. So far, it does work for me. Like this, this that there's this questioning going on, and that we've seen like, like, that play out even like in Clone Wars season seven. Yeah. Or yeah. In, well, and they explain in, like there's a chip like. I mean, because it's, like, people who watch it, if, if, if you ever watch, like, reaction videos or whatever, first-time watchings, they're like, why are they doing this? Like, what, yeah. why are they just, like, obeying this order? Like, what, like they like they knew that they were going to have to do this someday? Like, they knew what Order 66 was, but it's, like, we know now, like, from they flushed it out, it's, like, literally, like, a trigger word that, like, you, like, lose your, like, it's, like, your severance word, and, like, you're, like, a zombie, you don't know what yeah. you're doing because of a chip in your head. But, like, that's not in the movie at all. You just be, like... These jerks, like, they yeah. knew they were going to do this the whole time, and, like, they were just waiting for I mean, that, that worked for me, even if I never knew about the chip. I just immediately made that connection. They're clones. Kind of they could be programmed yeah. in some well, kind of way. Was there any there, kind of throwaway line or anything in Episode 3 to, like, explain, no. like, why they're doing that? Or? No, but there was kind of a fan theory that was going around before they explained it in the Clone Wars, which was that Order 66 was a preventionary uh, uh, thing that even the Jedi knew about. Uh, which they were trying, the Jedi were really extremely trying to avoid that. Um, it was a, it was kind of like a Pung Krell, his situation. Mm-hmm. That's when Order 66 would have been a bit more effective, but it was supposed to be only directed towards uh, specific Jedi generals. It wasn't supposed to go so like if galactic a, if a Jedi general at that went point. Rogue, yes. Then that was to keep there's a check and balance on yep. you have these generals in charge but like who's checking the generals yeah so it's a good balance yeah, that, act yeah then, then they introduced the inhibitor chips which right. I do remember that uh, it, ha- it had mixed uh, it's a simpler explanation but also yeah, like oh like almost I don't know like it's 
takes away the agency, but then again, it's like, well, it's hard But then to they're giving the agency back here, I right. feel like. Yeah. yeah. They're they saying, like, like hey, like, like to with they may have in that <laughs> moment, yeah, right, like, been kind of caught off guard yeah, and Very open to the hypnotism at the time. But now there's, like, this slow, yeah. like, like, I, but I don't know, like, do you guys like that? Do you like that they kind of, because there is some, I, I've heard some people complain that it's a switcheroo, like, it's right... Like, it's yeah. like, oh, you know, they effectively executed Order 66, but now they can conveniently just say, oh, actually, never mind, the clones really weren't really well, sure. If well, they it's like, it's like, it. you know, like, you can get someone to, like, quack like a duck in the moment, but, like, if you're, like, under hypnosis, like, you're going to only speak this language you don't know for the rest of your life, go. Like, it would wear off, right? So, like, I think that's, like, they're kind of explaining right. it like that. Like, it's, yeah. it's for good for an it's, acute order in the moment, but, like, you can't sustain, like, now serve the Empire for the rest of your life. Like, that's just not going to work sustained you gotta have like just like any stimulus wears off like that's mm-hmm. like the biological explanation you could say and, and it is a bit of a gimmick yeah. like also plot wise because it's like well now like if this is your new condition then you can as the plot and as the writers de- desire you can pull care you can pull clones out of that cloud of fogginess right you can like right. reactivate or unactivate whatever clones you want um to say oh well some of them have weaker inhibition or have more mm-hmm. like right so it's like oh if we want rex back and we want Cody back and we want all these specific clones that we know and care about we can do that because we have the power to just write it into existence right and it's like convenient for which which i think i think that um which is fine i guess i think it's fine in the sense that like that's a very common like right like theme and when you're either either in in real life or when in when you're telling a story about war right yeah. where soldiers will have these times when they question mm-hmm. the orders they're being given and they question the morality of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that is very effective here. Like, I feel yeah. like that's happening very effectively. But in most of those stories, there isn't an inhibitor chip and there isn't, like, this, like, you know, clone element, yeah. which they use to make it so that that, it, that would explain both why Order 66 went off so well, but also explain why there's now all this second guessing and I can and, and I think I, I hope I don't know if we're going to see Cody again but like dang like it, for the clones that actually kind of wake up and go wait a minute it's, I mean it's kind of too late like you already mm-hmm. killed your friends like that would be a really weird feeling right like to like yeah to like that would be a nice angle for them to explore is like what if it got blood these, on my hands if and all I, these defective clone or defecting clones <clears throat> like what if like the friends and love the friends and family of the Jedi are like I have really mixed feelings about like Din Djarin has mixed feelings about droids right like they would be like like the presence of of clones in with like rebels who were friends with Jedi and like it's or if it's Cody like literally like what if Cody and Obi-Wan connect at some point somehow right like I, that they'd be like, hey, it's awkward. Like you tried to kill me last time yeah. I saw you, or like he's got his dukes up all of a sudden. Like, oh, you're back. Like lightsaber. Like, oh, it's okay. I'm good uh, now. You're like, ah, I have really mixed feelings about that. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if I get trust that you. chip out yet. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, that is that would be fun to explore. Like, mm-hmm. if they're taking that bold, courageous choice to like go AWOL or, or get out, but like that maybe is how they end up on the street. Is like nobody wants them. Like the Empire doesn't want them, and like the rebels are like, we don't trust you still well, Rex is the only person that we saw really resist Order 66 in real time right? yeah like in well, the moment well very, very brief like, just enough time to get out yeah yeah 
Yeah. And then but then he, like, but he never really, like, uh, you could, I mean, he did, but. He bought, he bought her, like, a few seconds. Yeah. He, he hauled it off for a few seconds, which is the best you could ask for in that moment, it sounds like. I think, I think at the end of the day, I, I'm, I'm fine with it, but I do think it's an interesting yeah. question to ask just about, like, because, you know, when, when George Lucas, I'm sure, when he filmed Revenge of the Sith and when they were doing Clone Wars, he, I don't know that he necessarily had this in mind. Like an inhibitor like, chip and then people and then resisting people it. Questioning it yeah. after the fact. Right. I think it's great. I yeah. actually I actually do. I, I don't like think it. he would disagree with it either. Yeah. Like I think it's... Like, oh, yeah. I never thought uh, through, but I like where you're going with it. Right? Yeah. And, it, and it, it makes for very good storytelling. Oh, yeah. And it really... I thought the contrast between Cody and Crosshair in this episode was excellent. Like, yeah, that was really well. It's kind of like it, like whenever a character like either goes in a coma or gets knocked out, it's like, how long are they knocked out for? Answer: As long as the plot requires. Like in real <laughs> life, it's like, if you're knocked out for a, a briefly, you could then die the next day or not wake up when you go to sleep that night because you ended up having a bad problem. Or you could be like, knocked out for a day or two and wake up fine. And like <laughs> the the length of your unconsciousness is not, like the scale of how damaged you are. <laughs> so it's like, it's just funny how like, yeah, the trope of like, so this is like a trope you can use of like, oh, like well, when, whenever the clone we need to be a good guy, we'll turn on, we'll activate this script of, oh, he's got a defective chip. <laughs> like it's convenient in that way. Plot armor or plot. I, I think it's, 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 this it's episode was also like, it really is quite a contrast from the first two. It really is. Like, there wasn't really anything terribly light at any point in this episode. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was very well balanced between action mm-hmm. and very serious moments mm-hmm. and slower moments. Probably one of the best written yeah. episodes I've ever seen, which is pretty incredible considering there's tons of battle droids in it. Like, yeah. Yeah. we usually have terrible lines that make you kind of almost... They have dialed that down to, like, the minimum effective dose. Which I, is I think that's good. Because they were... It was dialed up to 11 on the cheese scale yeah. in, like, Phantom Menace <laughs> and, like, Clone Wars. <laughs> I still like the droid high-five, though. That, that was, yeah. it was... It was silly enough, but not enough to I like the, the clone... The commander droids, or the commando droids that talk deeper. Like, that's oh, much yeah. more menacing. Like, I wish they would have... Somebody should make a version of episode one where they just, like, dial down the voices to be more... Well, like, or, like, scramble them like Death Troopers or something. That's, that'd be way more intimidating. Well, if you, if you actually look at the voice, uh, droid's voices in episode one, and then compare them to the ones in episode three, that's when you see the drastic uh, voice change. Because that's right. when um, Matthew Wood uh, took over. Oh, okay. And he does uh, the Clone Wars voices, too, from yeah, the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was probably one of my favorite moments of celebration was when um, D. Bradley Baker oh, did all did, the voices uh, live on stage. Yes, awesome. that was so uh, incredible. Because he does so many yeah. of them. Story but he like God. he like read or like did all the voices. He just like, like literally one. like they just took a part of the script from <laughs> season one. Yeah, and or, he read it. He's like in record. person with the person who did Omega's voice. Oh, that's oh, yeah. Fun. And he so, would just toggle. Yeah. Between yeah. Wrecker, Crosshair, Tech, 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 Echo, <laughs> like, like effortlessly in real time, like just correct. I am impressed, and it was really <laughs> pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to have someone who I guess I think there was a I think somebody who was the guy who did almost all of Looney Tunes characters. I think he oh did. Mel Blank. 
Right. Is he yeah. the one that did almost like he did Bugs Bunny? He yeah. did Porky Pig. Uh-huh. Like, you know, those there's, those are rare talents that can like just... the three people that do all the Simpsons. Is there, is that right? Is yeah, there there's like three, three or four yeah. people that do all the Simpsons voices. Yeah, right. I mean, that, I think that's time. a really under, yeah, under recognized. It's a real skill, talent, set. and skill that I didn't really realize until I saw it in person, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy can literally talk like all these people, like, and you can't tell, like, they all sound different, they yeah. all sound unique, yeah. but they're all coming out of this one man's voice box, like. <laughs> Yeah, that that guy has, and then the Obi Wan guy from Clone Wars does a bunch of voices too. Right? Oh yeah, James Arnold Taylor. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. But like, even even Stranger yet, uh, D. Bradley Baker is mostly credited for animal voices. If you guys didn't know, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, and like sometimes, like even uh, um, animal audios that are used in movies that would. There is a good chance that it was him and not an actual... Like him making an animal sound? Yes. Uh-huh. Not like an not, animal not, making that not, sound? Not animal archived sounds. Wow. Yeah. Which he's, would make some sense because it would be really lion. hard yeah. to like yeah. get precise animal sounds like just the way you want Especially them. Especially any feline. You can't get them to do anything. <laughs> right. Roar louder. Nope. <laughs> when <laughs> I feel like it. Felines don't... Re- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why there's no research on cats because they can't get them to like they're really really bad test subjects and they just cannot get them to cooperate. They just look at you like yeah. they can't do a control and experiment groups because they just won't cooperate. Hurting cats. Yep, that's why that's called that. Uh, yeah. 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 I don't know. This was that was, just, that was it was it was yeah. the only thing that I I the only thing that pulled me back at all is just that it was so short and it was mm-hmm. over so quickly. That it feels like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. that was, that could have been, uh, give me more of that. Yeah. You know, and I know we're not going to get just that. So, I mean, I think with the question that I have and the interesting thing that I'm thinking about is how, how, when, whatever, like, are the Bad Batch and Crosshairs storylines going to cross again? Yeah. Is that going to happen in this season? And what's that going to be like? You know, is it going to is it going to cement Crosshair's position as a antagonist? Like you're saying, like make him like the big bad. Like, right. That's what I was thinking at the beginning. Like, is he just going to go? Is he going to be the main antagonist? Like of the, the bad season batch? would end with him doing something really bad, like killing one of them to the batch, or yeah, about them that would that would really just. Or is it going to be that he's going to get himself in trouble with the Empire, and Cody's the connection? And Cody, if Cody's connected back to the batch, like, are they going to, like, let's go get our brother? Like, he's in trouble. Like, let's try again to redeem him, even though he made his choice. Like, maybe, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. Like, he wouldn't have a redemption. He'd just have, like, a rescue. Right? Yeah. Almost. I mean, he hasn't done anything to but he's going to be in trouble as soon as Rampart pieces it yeah. together. He's going to be in trouble for that. It's It's really incredible how, as much as I did enjoy the clones... In the prequel trilogy, like as a as a group, which is really a group of one, right? Like their storyline is about as it's the. I mean, it's substantial. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) their their story is becoming. You know, you had their whole story of their time during the Clone Wars. And then the end of the Clone Wars, and now after the Clone Wars. In terms of hours of content, it's like at least half of 
or uh, there's a significant percentage yeah. of screen time has been dedicated to clones and the Clone Wars era. Yeah, they've become point. they've become collectively like one of right. the biggest characters in all of Star Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and their their storyline just keeps getting more and more interesting. I think I mean mm-hmm. I think what I loved about it, it was just, it was haunting just even from season 1 and in this episode like to just really take the time to develop like what is this like for the clones? Because yeah. the other like, clones were like, one day you were lunch. indispensable. Yeah, you were taking orders from the Republic. You're fighting for victory, and then the next minute, before you even know what's happening, they're establishing the Empire, and you're not sure if they're talking about you. replacing you. Yeah, like at the beginning of the crosshairs, like at breakfast or whatever, and like those other clones are mentioning, like, yeah, I heard like they're proposing this thing, and like let's hope it doesn't pass, and like they're kind of like. It's like working for a company, you know, is like going under, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, so they're it's like, like they're, there's, they're there's, all wondering about like their there's like, place in this new like, empire. I think you pointed out some really a- appropriate parallels, like to like the Vietnam War. And like, mm-hmm. it's one of the things that's, that's, that's. Do the people have our back at home? Well, yeah. yeah, I think that's one of the things that's really, like, for me, that I've always had a sympathetic and empathetic feeling towards veterans. It's like, Mm-hmm. Because truthfully, I mean, for the most part, I mean, not all the time, but for you know, a lot of veterans just, you know, they they get chewed up and spit out. Like they do, mm-hmm. they do come home and have a rough time of it. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, and and they 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 lose their ability. I always think back to that that just one of the scenes that I'll never forget in movies in the Hurt Locker where uh, Jeremy Renner's character comes home and they're grocery shopping. Do you remember that? Yeah. And he's just bored out of it. He goes yeah. from like disarming explosives at point blank range to like picking cereal out from the cereal yeah. aisle. And, and like, yeah. <laughs> and he's just miserable. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's just like ruined yeah, for no real life. Yeah, yeah. Like he can't do normal life anymore. That's like that, have you seen that movie Brothers with Jake Gyllenhaal? And yeah. Toby or, um, Oh, yes, yes, and yes. Natalie Very Portman. Good. That's a good one too that shows the scene. Like, but he went through like a POW situation in the Taliban for a long time. They thought he was dead. And then like his, yeah, his brother and his I think that's that's one of the, and, like, that's one of the, he cannot adjust. <laughs> it's one of the things that, I saw a really good documentary one time. I forgot what it was called now. Um, it was so powerful. It was about these, there's, I guess, an airport or airports that are hubs for, like, troops being deployed and coming home. Yeah. And they have these, like, welcome centers, like, when troops come home or when they're being sent out. And it's all run by volunteers. And a lot of them are veterans. And it isn't all about, like, you know, hoorah, you know, USA. Like, it's more like, hey, you know, like, we're just here for you. Like, yeah. And there's a lot of people who volunteer in that scenario that aren't necessarily like even pro military or pro right. war. Like, we don't like the war you're going to go fight, but we like, we're going to we support want, you no matter yeah, we what support you. We want you to stay connected to your right. family. We want you to, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that this is really tapping into that in a really effective way. And which is so ironic because there are clones, like they're like, they're not real people in the sense of like, you know what I mean? Like, well, that's what's so powerful that's what's about so it. so interesting about but it. But they are. Yeah. But yeah. they're clones. Right. But we don't have a, 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 an analogy in our... Like, we don't have clone humans in our world to, like, right. really 
like the ethicists haven't really yeah, kind of chewed through they this. They don't yet. really have a family to go back to, so they yeah, kind they, of just they only have each other. They only have each other, which is what's also so endearing about yeah. them, right? Like they're always saying, you know, uh, they're always referring to each other as brothers, right? You know? But I also think that it's really it is somewhat similar, like in the real world, in the sense that clones are kind of a stand-in for like you know, like the like. Truth be told, I mean, if you want to refer back to the to the Vietnam War, you know, it was like, well, you weren't a clone, but you were black or Hispanic or poor right. or white. You yeah. know, you couldn't go to college. Well, that's kind of what a clone is. It's someone who doesn't have any other value in society other than to be cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. And that's what the clones kind of are. And I feel like that this, this show really... Um, in in Clone Wars too, but also in in this, like really taps into that, and it's like, and like that scene when Obi Wan rocks up to that, to that to that clone and on the street, you know, just sitting there, like that was powerful. It was really like, uh, surprisingly because yeah, there's a lot. Like if you're if you're a casual fan and hasn't haven't seen Clone Wars, yeah, that you would, would be it would be nothing. a connection of like oh that's like Vietnam War and homeless veterans, but like <laughs> otherwise you're like. How like the like in a split second, you McGregor did a great job acting that. Where it's like, yeah, you just rewatched the entire Clone Wars in his head. Like all those memories rushed, yeah, through his exactly. face. And seeing that guy in ten in ten years, he hasn't seen a face that he saw so many times. And like whoosh, all the memories, all the way up to Order sixty six, like ran on his head at that moment. It's just the, like, it's wow. It's, it's the tragedy of war. It's the it, it's the it's that the that part of the of like. I just watched on Netflix the remake of All's Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, I have that on the list. I highly recommend. Okay. Yeah. It's very, very good. Um, and it just also brings out, like, how, like, you know, it's the classic scenario, like, Born on the Fourth of July with Tom Cruise, which is right. probably one of the best war movies I've ever seen, like, or Full Metal Jacket. So many examples, you know, these movies that, that show, like, you know the humanity of soldiers and how they go through like, you know, whatever it takes to get them to enlist or to volunteer or to whatever. And then they go and they experience things that kind of make them go, wait, okay, this isn't quite what I signed up for. or I'm, mm-hmm. I'm disillusioned, but I'm still here. And I'm really now just fighting for the guy next to me, for my brothers, which yeah. is what the clones really become, right? Like they're, they're really fighting for each other. And then when the war's over, they, you know, and you see, you can see Crosser. He's almost like clinging to it. He's yeah. like, uh-huh. he's like, I'm a soldier. I'm a soldier. Right. I'm a soldier. Like, yeah. like this is what soldiers do. And it's like, and you can just tell that he's starting to realize, like, um, yeah, no one really cares. That's the script. Yeah, that's the script. He only, that's the only one he knows how to run is that script. And right. Like, and he's and like nobody, noticing. He's noticing. Like, yes. no one cares. Right. I love that. His own fellow happen. soldiers don't care. Right. Ramparts, like, mm-hmm. totally, like, just talks to yeah. him in the most impersonal way, like, um, and probably mm-hmm. even totally has big. plans already to dispose of him yeah. when he's no longer the useful. The Senate is acting, or, like, yeah, the Galactic Senate is acting to, like, move beyond, like, they reference that act or whatever that's being considered in this net. So it's, like, the writing's on the wall. That's what I was saying, like, Crosshair's got to be putting it together that, like, my days are numbered here, and, like, I'm going to be disposed of one of these days and like what's my choice going to be and now that he knows Cody made a choice like is he going to make the same choice now or is he like well I can't 
like I've compromised too much, right? Mm. And that's what I'll be interested to see next, like the next time we encounter Crosshair. Well, he has which, he like, has trajectories. Yeah. He has no fellow clones that really he has right camaraderie with. Yeah, they're all TK. He got he some just, little bond here with Cody, and then Cody's like, yeah. "I'm out." Yeah. And then he goes back, and I think I mean like and like that was probably one of the best titles. Like that that title, and then you watch the episode, and you're like, "What's it called again?" Solitary clone. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. very very yeah. effective. Yeah. Like the way they showed him waking up in the middle of the night, and like mm-hmm. he's all by himself. I mean, he used to be in that barracks with the whole mm-hmm. bad batch, you know. His whole life like, he's been surrounded by his brothers, and like yeah, yeah. yeah. Like now and he's, he's alone just like on, uh, on Camino for thirty two days, like sitting there waiting. Yeah. Which again is like, do these people care about me? Like apparently not, because they forgot about me. Right? Yeah. Like, they probably well, they like, left him for dead. It was a loose end. He was a loose end that they were hoping, like, oh, cool, we just tied up a loose end. And it's like, oh, you're alive. And you're didn't they basically say, like, yeah. well, Crosshair's still there. Yep. Bomb the place. Yeah. So they just assumed, I yeah. think, that yes. he would just be dead. And so they're like, when he's alive, they're like, oh, this is awkward. Like, you should, you weren't supposed to survive. Like, we thought we fired you a long time ago, kind of thing, right? Like, uh-huh. why you're still, are you still alive? Up to work getting a paycheck. Like, well, I guess awkward. we could, we could still use you. Yeah. Yeah. That's all they yeah. <laughs> that so wouldn't they, be the most most he has heartfelt reunion. <laughs> yeah. He's gotta have enough awareness to see and piece it together. I just like I really hope he makes the right call and doesn't like just lean into it and like go nihilistic and be like, Well whatever, I'll go down in a place of glory as a good soldier versus like But that's how you know they're fight, right? that's how you know they're doing good storytelling yes, when you're so like so invested, sure. you wanna yeah. know what's gonna happen and you're not sure. Yeah. It's all these guys, because if they don't show up anywhere else, like the it's all their fate is all undecided. Like, they could go anywhere with these guys and kill any of them at any time because they're going to be too old by the original trilogy time. Like, they'll, they'll age up and die yeah. at old age. Right, because they like, age really fast. Anytime between yeah. now and the next 18 years or whatever in, in universe, anything can happen to any of them. Yeah. I mean, they could be still around really old in Andor time, maybe, like in live action, or they could be all dead by then, right? Like, who knows? Like, we saw in Rebels. Well, I think it's it's so really cool. Old. Like, like... Like, the more we watch of the Clone Wars, or Tales of the Jedi, or Bad Batch, it, like, it changes and enriches that one line in A New yeah. Hope, you know? You fought in the Clone Wars? Right. Like, it's just yeah. like, oh my gosh, like, that just takes on a whole nother... Yeah, for, like, 20 years, so that was, like, a, or 25 years, that was a mystery, like, what did that even mean? Like, let's wait until mm-hmm. the Attack of the Clones to start fleshing that out, and it's, like, and it's, it's just a mystery for some I long. feel like the Clone Wars and Bad Batch has done so much more to yeah. embellish that. Um, I have another qu- another thing I wanted to because I, I, I was mm-hmm. um, I was telling you before like Jake my son is mm-hmm. like so my, so my son for those of you who are listening he's 26 years old um, and kid was raised on Star Wars like every kid should be but he's yes. a lot younger than me obviously yeah. and he started binge watching through Clone Wars season 7 and Bad Batch season 1 and it's been really interesting to watch him and listen to him dive into that Mm -hmm. because for him and I kind of forgot this for some reason but for him um he kept commenting like oh man he said at one point like there was this one shot of like the Republic gunship flying in somewhere yeah and he's like or some other there was other shots that they were showing like of clones and he was like yeah I remember sitting in class just drawing this stuff on Doodling this stuff for yeah. hours. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 And I it's, can testify yeah, to that. Yeah, age, like yeah, in their twenties now. Like, yeah, and I and I Clone, that was not my experience. Wars, like that's their yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, that was not my experience. Was right. Oh, I'm I'm gonna watch this kid show. Right. That I'm gonna 
compared to right. the original but trilogy. But I was too old by the time the Clone Wars show came out to pay attention to that. So, like, I just had the prequel trilogy, and then I, like, noped out, or, like, and then The Dark Times was 2005-2015 for me. Yeah. It's so, like I missed... I missed the Clone Wars story other than what's in the films. Okay. Um, but I, I love... What uh-huh. I love... So too old. What, it, what it, I guess part of the... Well, so one thing is that I feel like when I hear that or when I hear, like, Star Wars theory or other yeah. people online... Because he's, like, barely 30. So he's, like... Like, right that, that, yeah. that... That... It's, it's so much of it is about what... Where you were at in yeah. life when whatever was Star Wars yeah. was coming out. Yeah. yeah. And I know that for me, like... I've had to, like, I don't have that innocent, instant falling in love with the prequels in the Clone Wars. Right. Like, I had to like kind what? of, like, learn to love it. Like, what was coming out when you were 8 to 18, right? If you were, if you were I, I was trilogy, between 7 right? and 13 years old yeah, when so the original like, trilogy if came like, out. Yeah. If you're 10 plus or minus 5 years... <laughs> Whatever's coming out when you're that age is probably what you're latching more onto generally. So like for yeah. me, that was prequels with a heavy dose of the originals, like because it was like late '90s into the mid 2000s for me, right? So it's like that perfect era of like special editions. You're, how old are you? Thirty six. And you're so like I was like uh, special tw- edition twenty nine, um, not for a very much longer. Special edition theatrical re release was my like I had watched them on VHS and then like my theater experience with Star Wars was the special editions on In the nineties, and then that's like ninety seven. <laughs> yep, and then. And then 99 and so on, right? So, like, but then, like, no, not the TV shows, like, just the films and the video games around it at that time. Like, everything from the mid-90s to the mid-2000s video games for Star Wars, plus the movies, was my, and the soundtracks. So that was my jam. So, for you, Justin, more than for Sean, this was, this is really, like, Clone Wars and Bad Batch is very nostalgic of childhood, your childhood experiences with Star Wars. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think that's and something. I had to catch up as I hit it. It's so um, important. I think that that's important for one one reason. I think that's really important is because, I think that's the kind of the key that unlocks like why this all these raging debates about <clears throat> original trilogy versus prequel versus sequel like is kind of like it's like no like it's, that it, it's not it's not black and white right, right. like like. There are, or like Alex, I was listening to Alex on Star Wars Explained, and he was talking about how when he was, when Clone Wars was coming out, he was in college, and he completely blew it off. That's kind of like me. I yeah. was like newlywed, college. He age. just was yeah, like, not even, not interested. Right. He bl- didn't even didn't watch have it. access to Cartoon Network. Like, it was cable. I couldn't, like, I didn't have cable yeah. for a long You know what I mean? It's like, I could not access it, even if I wanted to. So, he, 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 he talked about how he, he, for a long time, had this opinion <laughs> that Star Wars animation yeah, was, was not legit, right. like, not worth paying attention to. Right. And then he was converted mm-hmm. over to right. it. Um, and I just think, I, was, I just I was think the exact it's, opposite. I, just, I I watched it religiously. Right, like age, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. were how old when? Uh, how old was, were you when when the Clone Wars season one hit? Which is like uh, I was a so, it was sophomore year. Yeah. yeah, it was sophomore year fall. Right. Because uh, I remember watching the movie in theaters, like one out of like three the in this. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, there yeah. was there was not an audience in, in the theater. <laughs> oh, there were like screaming kids, but. That You're talking about it. the Clone Wars movie? Yeah. I think that's oh, the way. But, like, and then, uh... I was a dud. 
Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, because that was a rescue, like the baby the, hut. Yeah, the baby hut. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, that. Like, it was it was cool to see. They, they Star test ran, and yeah. then they're like, "We need to switch to Yoda, not baby, baby John." Yeah, <laughs> and but, that uh, weird like Jamaican. Yeah, <laughs> what was oh, the name? Yeah, the Rasta, the, the Rasta job of the hut. Yeah, 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 way over the top. Oh, this is not working. Gardula, the yeah, Gardula, yeah, yeah so way over bad. the top. Uh, <laughs> yes, they like they really had to count. No, zero, zero, zero the hut, the zero the hut. Right. Yeah, was uh, the one that uh, in episode one. Anakin, that, that, that yeah, zero the one. That didn't they, didn't they own Anakin, Anakin before water? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yes. Yeah, <laughs> zero the hut. Oh, yeah, and like out of here. Like Padme had to deal with that, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like I. Yeah, it was, <laughs> oh. but um, you, but the like, first first scene Clone Wars was uh, was sophomore year in high school, and uh, it was around that time when I was trying to distance myself from Star Wars in a way, because uh, like I kind of, um, because it wasn't cool. Wasn't cool. Well, that, yeah, you it was, say it that, wasn't cool. You could say that was um, like the low point of the cool mainstream hipness yeah, of Star Wars. Like that like, was like a very dark point. Yeah. And yeah, there like, was, it wasn't until like Force Awakens that I kind of swung back. Well, there was Force Unleashed around that time too, but it was, but it did kind of hit a smaller audience than yeah. the movies themselves. Right. So it, but yeah, and then, then, uh, but it was kind of strange because the uh, a lot of kids watched uh, Cartoon Network around that time because like, it was like the prime time or uh, yeah. or they call Johnny they Bravo. called it uh, <laughs> yep, Tsunami. I, yeah. I guess it was called. Uh, so Clone Wars came around that time, and then, uh, like, after that, like, kids would ask me at school, hey, did you see that Star Wars one? What what was that black lightsaber? That, that, mm-hmm. what, was that, like, even a thing? I'm like, you, you, you know as much as I do. <laughs> it, it just showed up yeah. to me. Uh, <laughs> but apparently, like, it was a Knights of the Republic, which I did play at the time, so that's, like, a whole nother discussion. Yeah. But, Yeah. Um, that hit me in high school. That was a perfect timing for. But yeah, all like any time I see Republic gunship, any time mm-hmm. I see the clones, like whether it's Phase Two or Phase Three, I kind of had more of a connection with Phase One One right. armor from Episode Two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any time I see Clone Wars, it does kind of hit me as oh, that was my Star Wars growing up. Yeah. Uh, like more so than. Uh, uh, the original trilogy, because, like, yeah, that will always be Star Wars to me. That will be right. my favorite Star Wars, but as far as Star Wars growing up, that was, like, the prequels were at. Yeah, the originals are, like, that's something that, like, because you grew up, if if you were born after they were done, like me yeah. and you, it's, like, this was, like, we were inherited it, right? Like, it was yeah. passed down to us from our elders. Like, mm. hey, kids, like, it's time for a special rite of passage. Like, here's this film franchise. Like, here's this film trilogy that... Like, it's special to me, and I hope it's special for you. And it's like, so it's like an heirloom that's being passed to you. You're like, oh, wow, thanks, Dad, you know? <laughs> but, like, with prequels and, like, that stuff, is like, oh, this is happening like, right now, like, for me. Like, this is live versus, like, an inherited right. thing. So, like, right. there's a specialness, too. There's, it's different. Like, you cherish an heirloom, but you also cherish, like, your own memories, like, the here and now memories in different ways. So, like, I think that's such an and important... And it's all connected, too, which is fun. It's such an important thing to remember, like I said, when you hear people talking about what's good or bad Star Wars. Right. Because... <laughs> you know? I mean, I have to constantly remind myself of that. And it was just really interesting watching 
Jake watched Clone yeah. Wars season seven, and like he was connecting to it in a way that I never can. Mm. Like I can't, I cannot. I can't. So it was like was, a, it was an he was connecting to him. it. He was connecting to it the way I would connect to the original trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Like it would pull me into that right. elementary middle school. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, I remember to this. Day, I remember details of being thirteen years old in middle school. Walking home from the theater, um, I took the bus and then walked, like, with my. I even remember the name. I mean, with I was with Neil Barnhart, which was my was my one of my best friends in middle school. Never talked to the guy. I mean, I I, I don't remember like it, like he he was my friend and then all of a sudden he was gone. Like I don't remember him at all. Like I remember his name and he was there. Yeah, and that we went to see it together, but like, I'll never I'll never be able to connect to Clone Wars or or. Or, any, or even the prequels that way. Yeah. I just filtered them differently. And I it took me years to for it to all grow on me and, like, for me to grow out of my prejudices. <laughs> uh, my, 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 I was filtering everything through my child nostalgia of, for the original trilogy, which I think you could still argue was the high point of Star Wars, for mm-hmm. sure. Like, it's yeah. the best movies Mm-hmm. And the best characters and storytelling, but um, yeah, I just think that's an interesting thing, and I think that watching, you know, just the length, the the longevity of the storytelling in this context yeah. is just incredible. It's over twenty years if you start if you say it started with Clone yeah. Wars or twenty years or and like Attack and like Clones. season seven of Clone Wars, man, <laughs> especially those last four. Yes, mm, yeah. it's it's just. Every time I watch it, I'm like... two of the last four. Like, every time I watch it, I'm like, that's even better than I remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that is... Especially after watching that Tales of the Jedi, where Anakin's tra- oh, training yes. Ahsoka yeah. over and over, and then she uses those yeah, skills in that scene. That's like she gets out of... And, like, of and then knowing that we're getting an Ahsoka show where Anakin and Hayden are going to be, like... Whew. Yeah, because that will tie... That, again, they'll tap like they know their demographic. Like we're going for the thirty-ish-year-old nostalgia play, right? Mm-hmm. Like Ahsoka, like, Ahsoka is Gen Z's like flagship person, right? Yes, mm-hmm. like hundred percent. She's she's their she's, she's the, their Star Wars to them. Yeah, because to us, she was the annoying what is her name, the Pips, whatever Snips. Snips. Like she was obnoxious at first, right? Which is hundred yeah. percent. She's terrible, to be, just like Anakin was. Like that's. A, normal but like yeah I didn't understand the appeal at all until she grew up right until she like oh like she's just like grow up Jedi like in Rebels and now and then Ahsoka she's middle age for her species or whatever and like oh she's my age right <laughs> As a, closer to my age than she was a teen tween but yeah that's but she yeah she's like the Gen Z I wonder if Ahsoka will show up in this Andor as Fulcrum? No, no, no. In in Bad Batch, uh, Bad Batch. Uh, probably not. She I, totally I could. It could. It's pretty but, recent. Yeah, I th- I feel she like was connected. Not. She's connected to Rex. It's true. Rex is in the show. She could. She could. Yeah. Especially if they're gonna somehow tie it to the Ahsoka show by bridging it in this one. I don't know. Like it's the this, we're in the Filoni verse, so anything can happen at this point. Like yeah. they're all connected, mm-hmm. and they're telling a cohesive story. If you really stop and think about it, though, like you just were saying, like. Like, we first met Ahsoka <laughs> in the Clone Wars movie. Yeah. 
That is one hell of an uphill climb like from there. Much, <laughs> it's like a very contrived, like, let's just insert this Padawan that Anakin has between two movies that are already out. And right. We've already told the story, but let's go back in time and, like, reinsert this Padawan and then make her leave in time so that she's not in Revenge of the Sith. So like Which is still this something... Whole thing, and they managed to do it. And like wove, they wove it right into the tapestry. They managed to do it, but it is still something that you have to, uh, you have to give them permission to do. Yeah, it's, it's, because it's like, he literally yeah. never mentions Ahsoka in episode two right. or episode three. Like, there's yeah. no, no trace of her. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is another... Or in the originals now, which, you know, she was around that. Or it's another testament. Like, it's just <laughs> that... If you combine that yeah. and the fact that she literally was the worst character in the worst Star Wars movie. <laughs> and then and they somehow her own show have turned her like, into, a, like, a legacy character. Like, like, when she came on The Mandalorian, that was, like, a high point of Star Wars fandom. was, like, that, her episode oh. was so good. It's, like, amazing that, like, she went from that snips to, like, this awesome, like, ninja Jedi. Thing. Oh, like, that what is... A, what a absolute magnificent achievement to yeah. like, make her into, like, Neo. Or, like, she was, like, this full-on ninja lady. It's, like, this is... Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni is... <laughs> yeah. Is going to arguably at some point you know i mean obviously yeah george lucas is the creator of the original but like he's starting to leave a longer right and longer lasting it's like henry ford versus his son henry ford the second or whatever like the one who like blew up the company into mega a mega corporation right henry ford did the model t like his son like like took it to the, the, the next level. Yeah. Right. So it's like that kind I, of thing. I th- I feel like that's that's what we what we're we're yeah. gonna we're gonna you know, ten years from now, fifteen years from now, we're gonna look back and it's gonna be like Dave Filoni is gonna be yeah. like Especially if he pulls off this Filoni verse over the next couple of years. Yeah. Like culminating in like if a he saves Star Wars for the second time. Right, and like <laughs> either bypasses or like <laughs> either either bypasses or like tease up the sequel trilogy that recontextualizes the sequel trilogy in a better yeah. way like he'll have like if he manages to like fix the sequel trilogy by like doing this whole backfill story all the way up to it like that would be like a masterful like you are the master storyteller like you managed right. to save the sequel trilogy which is that's what he like, does wow yeah. that's yeah. what he does yeah he could, that's what i'm saying he has the chops because he did it he like recontextualized I, the originals I think... by like filling in between prequels and original that's what he's doing now and then he's mm-hmm. building on the post Return of the Jedi era now with this Filoniverse thing it's like it's a like that you could that you could get out. A-list actors yeah to be in these shows to have someone like Rosario Dawson mm-hmm. jump at the opportunity mm-hmm. to play a Soka Juan Carlo Esposito yeah or mm-hmm. Pedro Pascal like yeah. like busy guys who have but specifically like, like like for Rosario you know for mm-hmm. someone to like I mean, again, like if you think about the beginning of Ahsoka, like yeah, that would have been like oh, the her, death sentence like, to play Ahsoka, and then he's like, hey, we need you. To, like, we're gonna paint you as a, this orange alien lady, like, and like people might be like, oh, she looks so familiar. Who is that? Right? Like, you won't have like your standard like, oh, I'm an actress, and like this is me on screen, like because like a lot of actors and stuff don't want to do like makeup and stuff, like they don't want to do disguises because like my face is my brand and right like, if you're like hiding it behind paint but she's like no man like sign me up like i want to be a soaker i love this character i, I think that like nerd, like, i think was... that that's i think um you know if you think about it like i, I mean do you think I mean, there's gonna be i think there's still a ton of people 
that haven't watched Clone Wars, they haven't watched Rebels, they right. haven't watched Bad Batch, and they're going to see this Ahsoka show on the horizon. Yeah, they glimpse her in Mando, mm-hmm. Book of Boba Fett. And you get enough of her to understand who she is. But I think there's still a lot of people that haven't gone backwards right. to invest in all this. And it's pretty incredible to think. I mean, I, I really think that that's going to... It's going to be a two-way street. It's going to get a lot of people wanting to go forward with the, with Ahsoka, mm-hmm. but it's also going to be like, wait, who is this again? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. okay, who is this person? Right. Like, like, why did everyone react when she's like, just like your father? We're all like, oh! Like, why yeah. did everyone do that? Like, I don't get it. And you're like, just watch Clone Wars yeah. and you'll get it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, there's like, a lot behind that and if they And if they do, <laughs> if they're going to do what they say they're going to do in Ahsoka and even more, like, yeah, like embellish stuff. Yeah. that what-if Mm. those what if scenarios That's like just pure morsels and like because yeah. like those those scenes mm-hmm. with clone with anakin and ahsoka in clone war season seven yeah where he's like saying goodbye and giving her back the lightsabers and like oh like the way that he hands her the lightsabers yeah. and then you don't see him again until he's vader at the end and, and he picks like up the lightsaber up through the forest and, and he stuff. takes it yeah. oh. oh and like her little owl is like circling like is in a way she's there anything anything Oof. you can do to further f- flesh out that that's Anakin in there yeah. is effective. And yes. I think Ahsoka is perfect for that. Right. Like in the context she's like of... She's connection between... Yeah. She's like the last living piece of his of Anakin. As long as she's alive. And of his Anakin's goodness. Alive. Like yeah. the last time they see like, each other, he's, it, he's so yeah. good to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's so good to her. He's the only one. Because she got yeah. arrested by the Jedi. Basically. Yeah, they're like civilian or I, whatever. Yeah, so like he's the only one who... And he didn't like her at first. That's what's funny about it. Like they have a whole arc. Yeah, this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. They did a really good job with that. But anyway, on that note, um, this, I guess, as far as like rating, ratings or rankings, this is like in the top, like episode one of season one, the second to last episode of season one, and this one are in the top five. Like I have a top five box. Yeah. And this one goes in that box of like the A tier or whatever. What would you give it out of ten? Ooh. Without uh, thinking too hard. I might have to ditch my uh decimal thing and just <laughs> say it's a nine. Yeah, me too, a nine. So, nine? Yeah. At least yeah. Yeah. I'm eight and a half to nine. I don't know why. I don't know why I go eight and a half. Too maybe because <laughs> maybe because <laughs> it's too short, maybe yeah. because I feel like nine has to be something really special. Mm. That's and I think this was close. Okay. <laughs> it was close. So I'd say eight and a half to nine, but definitely for me, a step up from the first two episodes. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Ah, okay. Well, on that note, uh, we will talk to you next time for episode four of 16, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll be around for a while. And until then, remember, the Force will be with you. Always. Always. Great shot, kid. That was one in a million.